0: Welcome back to your Haunted Holiday. This is Lisa. And I'm Lindsay. And Lindsay, we have one that I guarantee you've never heard the story behind before. Oh, okay. I'm curious. And this is also like horribly tragic. Okay. But it's also at a place that you wouldn't expect to be haunted. Hmm. Okay. I'm curious. this is actually at The Holiday Inn Express. No. In Salt Lake City, Utah. (laughs) Oh my goodness. So we can actually say they're haunted. We've always said that the Holiday Inn Express is like the go-to place when you're too scared, like at the Veliska Axe Murder House. Go find that Holiday Inn Express. And I think typically that's probably correct. This would not be that Holiday Inn Express, however, and it wasn't always a Holiday Inn Express. It was converted into a Holiday Inn Express, you know, years after the fact. But Mm. there is a very tragic story behind this that we are going to get into. And it kind of involves a cult. Wow. Those things are fascinating. I know. I find cults really fascinating too. It's almost like a psychology, you know, experiment. It's really interesting. But, But this is your haunted holiday at the Holiday Inn Express in Salt Lake City, Utah. So a lot of people say lindsay that this holiday inn express is the most haunted hotel in utah Mm. now there's a lot of haunted locations in utah but this one is really well known and it's very notorious for a very specific incident that has since made it haunted so as i talk about this i am going to talk about a specific family. Their name is the David family and they kind of turned a little bit into a cult. Now, back when they were there, they were actually living at the hotel and it was known as the International Dunes Hotel then. So, this hotel is quite old and was just okay. later converted. I think it was like 2014, 2015. It was bought out by Holiday and Express and then they, you know, made it all holiday and expressy and you know a little nicer right a little bit of an upgrade i guess i would say so the david family Lindsay, originally let's talk about the father because he was kind of a prominent figure in this household and originally his name was charles longo and he actually grew up in new york His family were prominent doctors. You know, they were pretty well off. He joined the military when he learned about the LDS church. And he became fascinated by it. He decided to convert. And in 1960, he actually went on a mission for the church. And he ended up getting dismissed because he started, like, hearing voices and that kind of thing. Mm -hmm. And they ended up hospitalizing him, right? Okay. So I would say like nobody, nothing that I read has classified this as schizophrenia, right? But I mean, just from some of the true crime podcasts that I listen to and stuff like that, like I certainly think it makes sense that it would be schizophrenia. You know, what is the saying, Lindsay? It's like, they say that if you talk to God, you're praying. But if God talks to you, you have schizophrenia, right? Ouch. I think some people might argue with that, but it sounds like he has schizophrenia. Right. But that's something that psychologists, you know, will say. And so he ended up getting hospitalized later. He attends BYU where he meets his wife, Margaret. They have seven kids. They're kind of like this happy family. Well, he starts having visions that he is a prophet. Okay. I okay. mean, He thinks he is like this, should be this prominent figure in the LDS church, and he actually changes his name to Emmanuel David, and she changes her name to Rachel David. So they change their names, and so if you're researching this, that's what you're going to want to look up. You're going to want to look up Emmanuel David. That's how you're going to find the majority of the information. So he starts having these visions and he's telling the church like i should really be your leader i'm really god i'm this amazing prophet and the church is like uh no that's not how it goes here and they right. actually excommunicated him so he kind of starts his own following where he's telling people i am god in fact he claimed he was god jesus and the holy ghost all in one oh, Trinity. Well, I tell you, anytime someone tells you that they're God, that's a red flag. I wouldn't join that church. I would agree with you. And there are several red flags here, but you know, it's amazing. I've seen all these shows about different cults and things mm-hmm. like that. I find it fascinating how somebody could get into this, but I don't think it's that hard, right? Because they really kind of prey on specific people that are looking for something, right? Maybe they don't have, you know, help of family and they're in some kind of dire straits and they're looking for some other kind of support. And that's, you know, where a lot of these people come from. Or maybe they just believe it. Maybe this guy was very charismatic and convincing, right? I think that's the other part. Exactly. You know, so you and I are both really into true crime and really cults fall into that. And so... We've both watched a lot of documentaries and different shows about cults. I find it fascinating. And realistically, it's like psychological warfare. You know, they, they take someone who's already susceptible. Maybe they're at that point in their life where they're more easily manipulated. They're looking for something else. They feel unfulfilled and they draw people in. And I really think, who knows about this guy? I don't know enough. I'm sure we'll find out more here in the podcast. But I really think that some of these cult leaders are truly predators knowing that they're taking advantage of folks this guy might just be schizophrenic but i i really believe like your jim jones of the world he is a predator on the earth oh 100 i think with this guy it we'll talk about it a little bit about how he took advantage of people but i think it was maybe a combination of both i mean he's hearing Mm -hmm. voices he is also taking advantage of people so some of the things that he believed, he believed Mormons and Catholics were the Antichrist. He believed that white people were the true children of God. Oh my gosh. Yeah. And he also like claimed the Star of David to be his own. He was like, "That's not really the Jewish star. That is our star. Like whatever mm-hmm. that means, right?" Oh my gosh. So, anyways, so he started to gain a small following. It wasn't any like massive church by any means, and they were kind of like a wandering cult is how they've been described. Like they didn't have like a sh- a setup. You know, church or something that they went to, they would actually go protest outside of churches sometimes Mm -hmm. and stuff like that to tell them, you know, you're the Antichrist, you know, that kind of stuff. It reminds me of that group. What's that group, Lindsay? It's the, I know exactly what you're going to say. It's the Westboro Baptist Church. Yeah, it almost reminds me of kind of like that almost. Mm Yeah, but they're the Westboro Baptist Church, I think, is now more organized. But no, you're exactly right. A cult really does not need to be organized in order to be a cult. Right. They just really need to be taking people in. It needs to, you know. Exactly. People. So some of his followers actually started committing fraud in order to kind of pay for what the cult is doing and some of the things that they would do is like they would have this scheme where they'd be like my daughter is ill we need your money to help fund you know her hospital care and you know all that stuff and so they would get money from people that were trying to do the right thing which is scummy. Mm -hmm. And then this money would go to Emmanuel David and his family where they were kind of living like this lavish lifestyle. Okay. Mm -hmm. Meanwhile, his followers who were committing this fraud on his behalf were basically like living on the streets. Like they weren't taking any money from this. But this Emmanuel David guy, him and his family would live in hotel rooms in like suites, and at the time, this is the you know late 70s. They were staying in what was then known as the International Dunes Hotel, which has since been converted into the Holiday Inn Express in two different rooms at like a hundred dollars a night, which is a lot of money in the 70s. Yeah. I mean, that would be a lot of money for me to spend $100 a night on a place that I was living, right? Mm -hmm. And so not only that, but they would order really expensive takeout from like a French restaurant down the street on a regular basis over the course of like a month before all this stuff happens that I'm going to get into. He spent $3,000 on just clothing for himself. So he's spending all this money and they're committing fraud. Well, meanwhile, some of his followers that are making this money for him to allow him to live this way, they get arrested by the FBI for this fraud. So his means of income has suddenly stopped, right? These followers can no longer send him this cash flow. The FBI is kind of looking into him saying, can we connect it and prove that he was like telling his followers to do this for him? Mm -hmm. And things just kind of start closing in. Well, on July 3rd, 1978, he decides he's going to commit suicide. So he ends up driving out to a canyon in a borrowed car and piping in carbon monoxide and committing suicide. Oh my goodness. Right. So then his wife and kids, so remember they have seven children staying in these two Mm. hotel rooms. The wife is notified of this and she's in the Holiday Inn Express and they're actually on the 11th floor. So they're in rooms 1103 and 1105 is what is speculated. That's what I've seen out there in the world of the internet is they're saying rooms 1103 and 1105. I am, I gotta tell you, I am so scared of what you're about to tell us. It's horrible. Worried about what what this is. It's absolutely horrible. So basically what happens, she decides I want to reunite with my husband. Oh no. He's God. Our whole family needs to you know, reunite. So she essentially takes the younger kids and throws them off the balcony oh my gosh some of the older kids actually voluntarily jumped off the balcony because they were believers in this and she threw herself as well now she did die as well as six of her children passed away one of them did live Um, the oldest daughter who was 14 years old at the time her name was Rachel She actually was one of them that I believe jumped willingly from Mm -hmm. the balcony. Now, I will say this whole thing. So most people that live in Salt Lake City, they know this story. I mean, it's quite old, but this was such a horrible thing that happened. I mean, there were bystanders in the street watching as like children were gripping onto the balcony trying to hold on. And they were screaming, but... There was nothing that they could do i just cannot even imagine watching something like that oh my gosh that is just horrifying so it's it's also terrible that you know this man who probably was mentally ill and also who knows how much intent he had right but he brought his wife into it right you know who ultimately not knowing all of the background, it sounds like lots of people involved in cults have been manipulated in some way. So much to the extent now that children are going to be murdered. Right. Essentially as a result of this. It's really like a cult murder suicide yeah. almost. You know, which is I mean, not super common for cults, but you hear about that kind of thing a lot with cults, right? right. It's kind of the murder-suicide, you know, pact, I guess. And some of the kids did not go willin- willingly. Others did. but And it's also sad to think about those kids that did because they've I been know. brainwashed probably since birth that their father is God. I mean... Right. And they're just listening to their mom. I just can't even can't even imagine right they're in no way to blame at all I mean yeah they're completely innocent Yep. now the oldest daughter who lived she is still alive and she actually went into foster care for a little while um she's very disabled does have some brain injuries I think in a wheelchair that kind of thing today mm-hmm. but she actually ended up moving back with some of her family members in Aurora Colorado where I believe she still is and she still to this day thinks that her father is God and will no. return. Members of this cult still exist in, um, I think it's Spokane, Washington, in Aurora, Colorado. It's mainly members of the family. So it's not like a hugely significant cult. But they truly believe this, that he's going to return. He's God. She's even, I guess, claimed that she's tried to commit suicide to join her family several times. Still, wow. And I mean, it's think about it like you've been taught something your entire life, you've never Mm -hmm. been separated from it. It's It's ingrained. Yeah, it's ingrained in her being. And she is still of that belief, even though she almost died and became severely disabled as a result of all this. This show is supported by Sonnet. Listening to podcasts shouldn't be hard, but so many podcast apps on Android are cluttered and confusing. That's right. With its modern, clean design and extremely user-friendly interface, Sonnet makes it easier for those on Android to discover new shows. Listen, subscribe, and get notified of latest episodes. Best of all, it's free. Click the link in the description to listen to your Haunted Holiday on Sonnet. Okay, so obviously, the main story here is the David family and that horrible situation that unfolded. There are some other claims that I found out there that I wasn't able to validate that are, you know, similar in terms of people actually jumping from the balcony because it is a high rise hotel in downtown. A couple other claims of that, but again, I wasn't able to validate this. Now, this is a Holiday Inn Express, like we said. A few places that you're going to want to go if you stay in this hotel is the indoor pool. So yes, they do have an indoor pool, which I actually think is a great perk of a hotel. Yeah. But apparently the kids not only were in the room, but they liked to go to the indoor pool at the time. They also like to go play in like the game room that's pretty close to the lobby area. Mm -hmm. So you will hear children's laughter in the indoor pool area. So terrifying. Let me just say, (laughs) like children laughing that aren't there, like we say, terrifying. But let me also say, it seems like, you know, I guess two things isn't a trend, but think about the Queen Mary. Weren't there children ghosts haunting the pool area? I mean, it seems like... You know it seems like a place kids might enjoy which which would make sense yeah because they enjoyed it when they were alive of course Mm -hmm. so why not you know make that one of your regular hangouts in the afterlife yeah now in the pool area there's also um an apparition of a woman with a child so you can actually see a full body apparition potentially next to the indoor pool In researching this this was really the only location in the hotel where I saw reports of a full-bodied apparition so to me it seems like yeah the rooms are gonna be important to stay in a room that they likely stayed at you know if you're gonna do that but the indoor pool is definitely gonna be an area that you're gonna want to investigate a lot was it a, a child full-bodied apparition that they saw or? So a woman with a child. So they believe oh. this is Rachel David with one of the, the children. Mm-hmm. The other thing I mentioned was the game room. So there's a pinball machine in this hotel. And they say that that pinball machine will just like start up on its own. So they think that there's maybe like a little kid that's trying to play mm-hmm. with the game that's next to the lobby. Other reports here Or that things are going to move on their own. So people um, that work there, for example, workers claim that their tools get moved quite a bit. They also say that light bulbs will unscrew by themselves. Hmm. Which is kind of interesting. And overall, there is just supposed to be kind of like an ominous feeling of being watched as well and I think particularly on the 11th floor where the family lived but also I heard reports of this as well on the 13th floor when people stayed there the other thing that you should look for are shadows as well as kids laughing in the hallway and playing in the elevator okay so these are all things that would make a lot of sense right Little Every hotel that had like a little kid tragedy, they're in the hallway <laughs> or the pool, right? And what little kid is not playing with the elevator, by the way? I feel 100%. like as a little kid, I was always messing with the elevator when I was in a high rise, probably driving all the adults mad. Absolutely. So this could either be residual because they spent a lot of time doing those things or maybe intelligent. The pinball machine maybe makes me think that it's intelligent. Yeah, I mean, based on the research... It's really hard to say, honestly. Like, there wasn't anything that struck me as clearly intelligent, right? Okay. A lot of it seemed residual. Now, that doesn't mean there's nothing intelligent there. I will say, like, there was not a lot of videos of investigations occurring here. But again, it's known to be maybe the most haunted hotel in Utah. So, it's kind of surprising that there hasn't been a ton of investigations going on, at least... You know widely circulated investigations Mm -hmm. Um, but it's definitely got a lot of activity and there are some main places that you should go check out definitely and like we say i mean tragedy ultimately leads to hauntings this is a particularly sad tragedy but you know it sounds like a hotel that you know it's a holiday express it's got to be pretty nice i mean you're probably going to be comfortable there Right. And also who like I've flown through Salt Lake City several times through their airport. If I need to make a stopover and I need to stay the night, guess where I'm going to be staying? I'm going to be staying at the Holiday Inn Express. All right. So let's talk about your stay at the Holiday Inn Express in Salt Lake City, Utah. I just say that I am so, I cannot even believe we're doing an actual episode on this. This has been a running (laughs) joke throughout the season, you know, about how it's a safe place to stay. So you had me stunned when you mentioned this as being the place that we're doing an episode on i know but as soon as i saw it and i saw the story i was like we have got to do this the story itself is so interesting and i thought it would it's just kind of funny that it's a holiday Inn express that's the other part of it right right now of course the indoor pool is a big perk so looking at their website they talk about here's all that you can get at the holiday Inn express with your stay right mm-hmm. Indoor pool is a big advantage of staying here. I personally love an indoor pool, especially in the winter time. And you're not gonna get that at some small little inn bed and breakfast, right? This so- is true, you are not. <laughs> so kind of mixing it up a little bit. The other things they offer, they have an express start breakfast waiting for you when you wake up. They also have free Wi-Fi, of course, and the essentials of coffee and tea. (laughs) Oh my goodness, it's such a a change from what we usually cover. We usually cover these like really old historic places, which is kind of, I mean, we love that kind of place, right? So this isn't going to be that. I mean, this is older than probably a lot of the different type of chain hotels that you might stay in, but it sounds like they at least bought an older building that has some history there, but certainly going to be probably not quite as interesting as some of the other places you could stay that we've covered. Totally. But I mean, tons of people have to go through Salt Lake City, yeah, right? And this is right in the heart of downtown. This is haunted. It's like I mean, I feel like this is a good option. And also, the prices are reasonable. I mean, you know, sometimes we go to these really nice bed and breakfasts that have been renovated. And it's just, I mean, yeah, it's nicer, Mm -hmm. I would say, probably than a Holiday Inn Express. But it's also going to be more expensive, right? Right. So this is actually a pretty reasonable option if you wanted to spend a night there or something to do some ghost hunting. So most of the rooms, like if you're just talking about like your standard, like one or two bed, like if you want double bed, they range starting at $94 a night to $103 a night. Wow. That's a good deal. So not so bad. And if you want to upgrade to a suite, it's only $189. That's like the top of their price range. Right. So here's the other thing that I think is kind of interesting about it is it sounds like it has not been investigated very much. Now- I mean these folks died in a terribly tragic way so obviously we want to be respectful of people not provoke when we go back there these are people at the end of the day that are haunting the place but who knows how haunted this place really is i mean you may be able to go and get gosh, you could get tons of evidence, or maybe not, right? But the possibility of it being extremely haunted is really there. I mean, one of the videos that I saw was interesting. So they were staying on the 11th floor in one of those rooms, and they had seen, like, a shadow they heard like a weird like door creaking noise but it was within the room and it was specifically on this one part of the room where they heard this door creaking noise in the middle of the night and I was reading through some of the comments and somebody who's familiar with it living in Salt Lake City said actually at the time when they were staying there remember they were in two separate rooms and those rooms were connected. So where they heard that noise was actually probably a door that was connecting both of the rooms. Oh. So it actually kind of substantiates what they saw in that video, although they didn't call it out in the video itself. It was a person commenting on it that said, hey, FYI, you know, your claim of hearing that noise actually makes a ton of sense. Right. Okay, guys, so I can't believe I'm saying this, but the Holiday Inn Express in Salt Lake City, Utah, sounds like it may have some ghosts. So if you're going through there, (laughs) and Lisa laughs, you know, uh, if you're going through there, it's worth a stop. I mean, my goodness, we have this is our first place in Utah that we've covered. Yeah, absolutely. Okay, guys, so we're going to move into our final segment of the show uh, where we read a listener email. And this is a super interesting one, you guys. I read this and I was like completely blown away. So this comes from Samantha G. So first off, Samantha, thank you so much for listening. We appreciate it. And we thank you so much for writing in and, and sharing your story with us. So. A little bit of background. I'm not going to read this verbatim, but I'm going to read it pretty close. A little bit of background. Remember, guys, when we did the episode on the Queen Mary, and we talked about how during World War II, it was following the Curacao, this other smaller ship, uh, during the war, and it ended up crashing into it. And there's a lot of screams and sounds that you can hear on the Queen Mary today that we really think kind of harkens back to that crash that terrible crash that occurred right so that's a little bit of background now let me read samantha's email for you guys so she writes in she says i'm writing because i have to tell someone about this it's not a paranormal experience but because of yours and a similar podcast i've realized something about the queen mary and the curacao after titanic was released in 1997 i started having dreams about a maritime disaster that i thought was the titanic because of the smokestacks you know it looks a lot like the titanic i agree she writes In these dreams, there was a smaller ship next to the Titanic, and it was also in distress. In some dreams, it was more like a sub. In others, it was above water. Some people were alive. Some were dying. It was always graphic and like I was there. I woke up in distress similar to the people on board these ships in my dream. I talked to my husband about it, and I even researched a ship alongside the Titanic. Why was I imagining, while asleep, a ship next to the Titanic in water when there was no such thing? It was so far-fetched, but I just had this feeling that there was a missing piece. Then I found podcasts about the Curso, and it was exactly like what I had been dreaming about, the screams especially. She writes, I'm from L.A. and visited the Queen Mary as a child in the 70s. I don't remember any historical element to my visit there. It was a tour. We didn't take it. The only thing I remember from my childhood visit... Uh, to the Queen Mary was a candy shop on board. Um, she says, anyway, I think I just wanted to say thanks for your podcast about this because for whatever reason, I am dreaming about the Queen Mary and the Curacao. I never ever remembered dreaming, uh, learning about this. I feel like the missing piece has been found. So, wow. unbelievable. I wonder if she had a past life. I wonder too because that's that's exactly what I thought when I read it. Like I think I read it before you even did. And I had chills. I was like, oh my gosh, she probably had a past life and was on the Queen Mary or the Curacao. Absolutely. What are the odds, right? And then all of a sudden she hears our podcast and another podcast that covers that topic and boom, it was like a light bulb. Wow. I I think that is just such a cool story. I find past lives so interesting and i've always wanted to know like what was i in a past life like Mm if i if i was in a past life like who knows right i have no idea but but i would love to know but i think samantha has a pretty good clue about one of her past lives absolutely so we obviously believe in ghosts and i think there's so much out there that we don't understand and don't know and this kind of makes me think maybe there's something more Maybe there's something more to the past life situation. I've always thought past lives was fascinating. You know, I don't know that it's true, but I mean, I think it does make sense. I mean, there's a lot of people out there that have stories a lot like this or some that are even more clear, you know, that that they come back and remember. So, I, I mean, interesting. Very interesting. All right, Samantha, thank you again for writing us. I tell you, we just love that story. It was so fascinating. You guys, if you want to reach out to us like Samantha did, you can email us, uh, yourhauntedholiday at gmail.com or just go to our website, yourhauntedholiday.com. Click contact us and send us an email that way too if you want. We're also on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, YouTube. You can message us any number of ways. We're pretty responsive. Uh, Send your stories because we love that stuff. And also send your recommendations. We love getting recommendations for different shows. Even if it's just a personal ghost story, we would like to hear that too. Absolutely. We love it. All right, guys. Thank you so much for listening. We'll see you next week. Stay safe and healthy, everybody.